Fantasy Six Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob and AJ Applegate. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, fan of FantasySixPack.net. With me, as usual, Mr. AJ Abergarth. What's up, man? Cheers. What's happening? Uh, I promise we did not both plan to wear gray beer shirts. Mine is brown, <laughs> first of all. It looks kind of grayish. but Well, it's not. Okay. All right. Well, fine. Jeez. Jeez. We can thank the lighting. <laughs> Sorry. Let me uh, let me just do it. This is the bases loaded shirt from none other than Roto Wear, one of my newest Hershey says. Got a couple others that I'm uh, gonna break out as well. All right, tonight, all right. But for upcoming shows, <laughs> of course you spent money. Uh, anyway. Oh, yeah. uh, so we got a good show tonight, everybody. We're going to be talking about the impact of the new rules, and I know we talked about that in the offseason a little bit, but now we've got some some data behind it, like what's actually happening, and, and it is pretty eye-opening, I'm not going to lie. Like I did the, I did the research this afternoon, um, and... I'm stunned by what's going on. You know, I think we all thought there'd be, you know, a little bit more offense, a little less pitching, but it's it's pretty crazy. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, More rock and roll. The uh, before we get into that, though, make sure you hit those subscribe buttons, hit that like button, leave those comments, those five stars, wherever you're watching or listening. uh, We appreciate it, Um, and then. Again, everybody, make sure you jump into uh, fantasysixpack.net slash plans and sign up to become an all-access member of Fantasy Six Pack. We've got our number one accurate ranker over on Fantasy Pros here uh, doing our rest-of-season rankings. We've got DFS content. We've got betting projections. We've got waiver wire hitting planners, pitching planners. Um, best of all, honestly, to me, best of all, you get access to all of us on Discord to ask your custom league advice, your questions, whatever you've got. And we've got a ton of guys asking questions over there right now. And, um, you know, I guarantee they are they're reaping the benefits of that in, in their leagues. Um, so we are we are ready and, and, you know, usually quick to answer your questions over there on discord but before we get into everything here let's bring in our uh our third co-host i should probably just bring him in early now at this point oh mr Dap, i love how it puts Dap up top Dap, what's up man welcome back hey thank you guys love being back this is awesome i enjoy having you on man so thank you um so you may know the show um you know, I, you know what, I I got one question for you before we go into beer of the week. I, I knew something was coming. You go knew ahead. it was coming. Uh, was coming. Yeah. How do you like Las Vegas? I hate you. 
As a La- as oh, an Oakland A's fan, how do you like Las Vegas? Because it's so, coming. So here's the thing, right? Like looking, so so many people have posted on Twitter, like Oakland A's fans showing like where the Coliseum was just rocking before this current ownership took over, who just decimated the fan base. Um, you know, here's the thing, like. I, Oakland as a like Oakland as a city has just had you know the Golden State Warriors taken away the Raiders taken away, so I feel for them. But at the same time, like the Coliseum is an awful ballpark. I mean, it. Oh God, I just couldn't imagine being a, in the visitor room. I mean, I've heard some awful things about like I forgot who said it. They actually came up with a story last week about apparently there's some type of wild animal that exists in the visitors broadcast booth that this is known that you know you're gonna deal with this wild badger or whatever the case is i mean that's how bad this kind of facility is and it hasn't been upgraded like at all i'm not even talking about like ownership boxes or floating icy machines i'm talking about just you know facilities in general instead of just a trough I mean, so, isn't this why the Raiders moved? Also, like they just decided they weren't. They're not. Yeah. Oakland decided they're not spending money on teams, which seems weird. I but know. Sure. Um, look from, uh, sure from that's from, from, why the uh, Overstock.com changed its name to O.co because mm. Oakland, as a city, just did not want to pay for that many letters in a sponsorship <laughs> for their garbage facility, and I don't blame them. But, Sorry, we got to turn it into an acronym. It's just too many letters. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, yeah. So just getting to it, I go to Vegas quite a bit. I am excited about that part of it. Uh, I'm sad to see that you know the long, rich history of Oakland is going to go away. But you know the writing was on the wall for a while. So I am really bummed, and I will be drinking heavily throughout the show. <laughs> How is that um, different from? From, speaking of that, let's get to our beer slash drink of the week. Mm, beer. Dab, what are you going to be drinking? Easy, Homer. Easy. I'm going to be drinking ownership tears. Uh, no, I'm drinking <laughs> Tito's vodka. Because when you really absolutely have to drown your sorrow because you love a team who hates you, you drink Tito's. Out of a small bottle. Out of a small bottle, because I tears can fit in that bottle. I figure, I figure that's all the tears I have left. Thanks. <laughs> are those are those your tears that you like put back in? <laughs> yes, distilled, distilled, forty Hold years. I, I think I I do have my uh, my Rolling Stones Voodoo Lounge CD somewhere. Let me queue up out, out of tears real quick. Hold on, hold on. I do have my uh, Pitch Ninja shirt on though. Yes, well, that was one of my other. Uh, purchases from uh again rotoware let them dress don't, you don't care i don't care what you bought aj i don't care i'm sorry what, what I, said, I'm sorry. I said rotoware let them dress you because you can't dress yourself okay sorry i, I thought i was a mute i apologize go ahead i'm oh, so sorry yes, yes. no you were <laughs> all right aj what you got what what did you just drink uh this is a glorious treehouse brewing um that mm. A friend nice. of mine gave me because he's more of a bourbon guy now, so he's too highbrow for the, the beverages of choice known as beer. Um, 
This is uh, Curiosity 129. It is their American Double IPA. Um, it is one pint. Uh, that's 16 ounces for those who are bad with conversions. And it is a 7.8 percenter. Tasty. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think I've had a bad beer from them. So, Yeah, Treehouse is solid stuff. Very good. Very, very, very good. And I just... I just went to go check in my beer, and I got blew up by Mike checking in about five million things on Facebook and Twitter, and mm-hmm. I couldn't get to where I needed to go. So, sorry for doing my thanks job. and no thanks at the same time, Mike. Um, all right, so I'm drinking a Idiom Brewing Company, Lost in the Mist, uh, the double IPA, an Imperial double IPA. Um, I'm gonna give this a four and a quarter. I really like this one, man. It's been a while since I've had like a really good IPA. Like I feel like I've just had a bunch of mediocre ones uh, lately. So uh, yes. this, this is a good one. It's probably because of uh, material sourcing and supply chain. That's my guess. I have. He's not lying, actually. But like, he's he, he's he's. You don't have material. Trying, he's trying to be funny, but he's not being funny at the same time. Like I go into the beer store and like it's Slim Pickens right now, like. You remember, you remember the place we went to when you were down here, AJ, uh, Brewbelly? Yeah. They only have like half their coolers full right now. That sucks. It's pretty sad. <laughs> so, Did you say you went to the beer store? Yeah. Yeah. So there's just a store just for beer or is it beer, like, a liquor, like a liquor store? Uh, no. So Maryland does all of them together. beer. You can sell beer and wine in the same place, but liquor is its own thing. No. Really? Yeah. So when I lived in Virginia, you could sell beer and wine in the grocery stores. Okay. Even. And then there were also, but then liquor was outside. So I can get liquor, beer, and wine uh, all in the same store. Hmm. I, I don't know where you're shopping that you can. Yes. Well, I don't know. Beer. I just have like. I don't know, I just go to like you beer specialty drink, stores. So. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, mean, I live in Texas where we focus on education, so you can drink pretty much oh. everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. So, right. Yeah, come, come to Wisconsin where we're the drunkest state. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, let's jump into things here, guys. Um, so the first, the first topic I want to discuss, we're just going to go through like a slew of like headline topics, you know, just interesting things that we've noticed. Uh, in the last week or maybe maybe you know throughout the season. And the very first topic I want to jump into here is the impact of the new rules on the MLB season. And we we know, you know, we we knew these were coming, right? So we know like the bigger bases, the pitch clock, everything that everything that goes along with it, right? So I want to ask you guys like as we you know i put some numbers down and i and i've I've got the spreadsheets up here um you know what i'm trying to pull up one here sorry Uh, i was trying to tweet at the same time so let's start with like offense right and so i went in here and uh did i not ah crap Oh, yeah, I did. Okay. So if I'm looking at last year, so if you just compare the first 21 days, and now, granted, I'm not counting tonight. Tonight, 
you know, today's games are not done, so I didn't count today's stats. But if you look at the first 21 games of 2022 versus the first 21 games of this season, there are some pretty eye-opening stats. Offensively, it is crazy. I mean, just the counting stats alone, right? Home runs. 621 home runs this season already to 492 last year in the same amount of time. Wow. Balls are juiced again. Uh, stolen bases by Tampa Bay. I'm just yeah, kidding. right. Stolen yeah. bases, by the way. And we knew this was coming, but we never, sure. we didn't quite know how drastic of an impact it would be. But this is going to be insane. 395 stolen bases already. 254 last season we are going to blow away the last wow however many i had not projected how many how many steals that's going to be over a span of the full season um but i should have done that i wish i had done that now that i think about it but that that is crazy the other thing too right is i'm looking at even just batting average and it's not like crazy high right but 246 to 231. Now, if you look at the full season of last year, the full season of last year was 243. But look, we know these early months, right? Ballparks are generally colder. Right. So you, you, well, all of last season brings in, you know, all of the months where Colorado is just like a complete juggernaut when it comes to offense, right? These ballparks, right, where it's just like everybody can hit everywhere. But the fact that we're already above last year's total pace is just insane. Offense is going to dominate this year. And I, you know, I just, I mean, how do we adjust now that we are, you know, three weeks into the season? How do we adjust with these offensive numbers? On our fantasy teams. Dap, what do you think? <laughs> uh, use every bench spot on a pitcher. That's basically what it's come down to. I I mean, you obviously want to take advantage of the offensive side, but it seems like you cannot find a pitcher that either stays healthy. Obviously, we'll talk about that later, but you know, stays healthy, or B seems to like, you know, dominate because like what you just said, you know, you do have the ones, obviously, the guys that are awesome all the time, but even some of the guys that are top tier are getting blown up. And it just seems that you almost have to just kick all the pitching, you know, the pitching uh, categories, except for maybe saves or holds and just hope for the best for the other ones. I mean, it's, it almost feels like you should have as much relief pitching as possible and then just have like meet the minimum stat requirements because the offensive stats are, it feels like everybody's in Colorado. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. And, and, and so AJ, before you, before you speak, so, so since you mentioned the pitching, you know, struggling, that was kind of an obvious, you know, that after I talked about the hitting, the pitching is struggling, right? right? right. So just a couple of stats that, that called out to me immediately was, uh, you know, your eyes want to go to ERA, right? How are these pitchers all doing? Now, this is every pitcher, not just starters. Right. 4.32 ERA. Oh, my God. All of last season was 3.9. Early in the year, when hitting is usually down because right. it's colder and it's harder to hit and the ball doesn't carry, 3.74. We're talking about a 0.6 difference. 
in e- total ERA. That's just crazy. It's about, it's um, eight, but... Strikeout rates are all about the same. Mm-hmm. Walk rates are roughly the same. Um, obviously, home run per nine is up. That that's expected after you heard you know everything. Bad BIP is up a little bit. Um, you know, nothing else really is crazy high. Like is is much higher except for BABIP, home runs, and then of course that eludes. You know that that becomes ERA is higher. So the offense just being better causes those numbers to go up. You know, so it's all it's all a trick of that. But yeah, man, I, I'm with you. Like I. I Roto Gut on on Twitter has talked about like, you know how just every pitcher he thought was going to be good was not good. <laughs> it's just kind of right. like you know like you know and, and it, it's happening to a whole bunch of people and you know I I kind of wonder I I really you know what I need to talk to Jason and Nick and tell them they need to take a like a five minute span of their next show because they on the, on the on deck circle, Nick did this thing this year where he was like, I'm out on all pitchers. I'm going zero pitcher. He wasn't drafting a starting pitcher to like round eight or nine in every single league. And I wonder how it worked. And, and like, there's been a lot of good late round pitchers that have been really good this year. I mean, we're going to get to one that got hurt. So unfortunately that that's what happened. But, uh, there's been a lot of later round guys that, that have been good, but you know, a bunch of the early round guys injury aside have been right. pretty terrible outside of like Garrett Cole. <laughs> right. I mean, right. he's been like the one dominant force up top. It feels like, um, but AJ, you know, what, what's your thoughts on all of this with the, you know, how, how much is like, the pitch clock affecting this, you know, obviously the, the bigger bases and, and the, and, and the, and the disengagements are affecting the stolen bases positively for offense. But, you know, what else are your thoughts here with all of this? Well, first off, I, I want to hopefully think that my math is right here. Um, since I just corrected you on yours, um, 3047 ish, Stolen bases is uh, is what we're looking at here. Yeah, right. That's correct. Uh, across that's, across that's the whole it. season. You say three thousand and forty? Forty-seven. Uh, Point one four two eight. Damn. All right. I have. Um, by the way, I have a page up right now to tell you exactly where that would finish in the last however many years. So league by year, league totals for stolen bases: three thousand and forty-seven. Three thousand forty-seven. Okay, wait. That, that's that's the that's the rate we're going on because that's yeah. not actually how many have happened. No, right? no, no, that would be the no, rate. No, no. So that would be top of your saying. Like, that would be the happened. most since two thousand thirteen. In two thousand twelve, we had three thousand two hundred twenty-nine. Twenty eleven, we had three thousand two hundred seventy-nine, and then it dipped off drastically again after that. For some reason, we had a massive stolen base total in 2012 and 2011. Probably the last time they changed the base sizes. Oh, I'm totally making no. that up. No. Um, anyway, thoughts on the rules and yeah. how it's impacting fantasy uh, managers so, and how we adjust. What do you think? Uh, well, A, you look at the Cy Young curse, which is now what's happening because 
uh, Blake Snell sucks balls. That's uh, <laughs> about all he's throws for a few balls, years, dude. And they're either uh, outside of the zone or getting smashed out of the park. His ERA is at like three thousand and forty-seven, probably. Um, and uh, Alcantara is uh, hello sucks this year too. Um, and and he was a lot more no expensive bueno. than Snell, obviously. Um, so that that hurts. But yeah, it's it's definitely hard to see the pitching taking as much of a beating as it has. Um, but the, the other thing to look at too, is with these home runs, um, they, there was a stat on, uh, WIP yesterday or the day before for the Phillies. And it was like, they've hit 42 home runs or whatever it is. And yep. X amount of those home runs. Uh, have been only like 12 of them or something have been, uh, you know, multi-run home runs. Um, and then San Francisco has like 72 home runs and uh, 40 some of them have been multi-run. So just the, the disparity there. Um, and it's, again, it's going back to the pitching and really just situational baseball. If you get guys on, some teams are clearly better at clearing the bases via the home run uh, and scoring runs. Um, but the other the other jump in this ERA is because of all the scoring we're seeing right now, obviously those pitchers aren't getting a longer leash to start the year. Spring training was, yeah, eh whatever because of the world baseball classic cutting into it. So that was shortened. Um, I mean, you look at teams maybe that were, that were in the playoffs last year, starting off slower this year. Again, I don't want to harp on the Phillies too much as the, you know, resident Homer, but their season went a lot longer than probably everybody had figured it would go. Um, and then their off season was shortened because of that. So I feel like there's other teams that kind of fell into the same pattern from the playoffs or, you know, or teams that thought they were going to go farther in the playoffs, the Braves, the Dodgers, you know, their seasons got cut short early. So there was a lull there potentially of, Hey, mm-hmm. we just, we're not feeling this off season yet. We, we should still be playing and whatever. So, you know, just depression sets in. Um, but yeah, it, it, the stolen bases is ridiculous to me. I, I just, I love seeing it because I kind of targeted steals this year in, in some of my leagues just for the fact of believing that it had to be better than it's been the past five, six years. It's just been abysmal. So, you know, that's the punk category in my mind almost over you know batting average but most leagues have switched over to obp or ops um you know at least the ones that i've been part of so i feel like the average punting has kind of gone by the wayside and it was stolen bases because you can find cheap steals later but yeah shit you'll be able to find cheap steals yeah there's there's a lot of steals dab you got something to say yeah, uh, so I found this great article on SI.com that came out uh, three days ago, and it's talking about the success rate that people are having. Right now, 
stolen base success rate is almost 80% uh, against starting starting pitching, 88% against relief pitching, mm. and 86% on seven plus innings. So anything, uh, the inning seventh or later. And the other crazy part is runners have been successful at a rate of almost 96% where last year it was 76%. So if you think about it, right, pitchers obviously don't want a bunch of traffic behind them. And here they are basically having to focus on throwing a pitch and yet they have runners going they can't hold them back. I think that part too is a whole new mind shift for them. When you have these minor league pitchers that came in, especially last year where they had the pitch clock and they had some of these rules that they were changing in triple A and double A. Yeah, that's a good point. I think you're a little bit more used to it. You know, a lot of these other veterans that have been here for 10 plus years used to doing things a certain way, being hurried on top of that, having to deal with base runners that they can't control, that they've literally spent their entire lifetime being able to do pickoff moves and all those fun things. That's going to mess with you. Yeah. 100%. And on top of that, uh, you know, them being able to keep advancing, that's going to put them in scoring position. Jeez, I, I can't imagine the mindset change. I, I have an update. Uh-oh. Fernando Tatis's first at bat, he struck out. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but disappointed. He didn't hit three bombs on his first. He, uh, he, still, his still, first got, he still got time. Yeah, um, first at bat, I expected three home runs. Yeah. What is he, Dan Ugla? I mean, well, so, so that, yeah, you met, you mentioned the pitch clock and, like, and, and, or not the pitch clock. You, you mentioned the fact that, like, you know, they're not able to control the runners. Obviously, right. the bigger bases have a part of that too, but right. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I've I have another question after this, but real quick, do you think MLB went a little too far with adding the bigger bases? Like, is this too much? Do we want to see these like eight to seven games <laughs> all the time, or do we like like having these you know you know games where? Not everybody just runs wild. I mean, like, I feel like, right. you know, that, that commercial where the Mets were like Daniel Vogelbach's like, I'm going to run. If there's a bigger base, I'm going to run. <laughs> right, and he does. Right. Like, like, do we, do we really want to see Daniel Vogelbach being able to steal a base just because he can? Because yeah, there's right. nothing that anybody can do about it? Like, that seems kind of crazy. So if you remember, right, there's that video game Blitz that came out for a while there for football, right? And all it, it, there was no penalties. It was completely focused on just, you know, the biggest hit possible in football. It's an arcade and, game. Yes. Right, the arcade game, right? Yes. Same, same thing with baseball, right? The, the, the big thing was always home runs and, you know, scoring. No one really those pitchers duels, fun, right? but... but But do I want to see that? No, of course not. Because, I mean, frankly, at that point, it becomes... I mean, look, it's kind of like arena football. Do I like arena football to watch it? for all. Absolutely. But it gets to a point where it's like, that's not really, you know, that's not what I want the NFL to have, right? 50 yard fields and people can run and whatever. There's a bunch of things there that are fun to watch in a vacuum, but then it's no longer the sport it was. And yeah, I don't want to sound like a purist to be like, Oh, these kids get off my lawn, you know, whatever. But at a certain point, I think you're messing too much. And I think there is, I don't, yes, there was a lot of ridiculousness where it's like, you know, the pitchers, there's a lot of like timing mechanisms, right? They're having to come off the bag because something was messed up or uh, they're right. using those kind of those pickoff throws to kind of settle things or whatever the case may be. All that's gone. And I, or like I the pitch clock is about to be done and right, then they just right. throw it over instead. Like, oh, I don't do fuck. I'm going to throw it over. Like that happens. I've seen it. Yeah. The Ker- have you seen Kershaw's little butt clincher that he did when he saw the pitch clock was going out? He kind of just, he fist a pitch up and it was 
it, it looks bad and yeah. th- and having such rigidity with it right versus being able to kind of like okay you know what that doesn't make any sense let's allow that i mean the umpires seem a little confused when it comes to certain things um you know don't let's not even get the sticky substances right now but either, uh, like, yeah there's there's just so much like some umpires oh, they give a little bit oh, more no. than Real others AJ. oh no <laughs> That's, is it, is it, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So we're gonna we're gonna switch. This switch might be bit. the first time I was on here. Uh, we lost AJ, but um, yeah. I mean, I I think things are gonna settle down. But at the same time, I just hope that MLB doesn't try to do some tinkering thing. Where it's like, oh, we went too far. Let's do this, and then and then this just becomes a mess. Well, These guys are professionals. I almost kind of want them to like back off a little bit. So here, oh here's yeah, no, I agree. So I. This is what I mean by like maybe they went too far, right? And 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 then I'll get to my next question. They, I think they might have gone a little too far by doing too many rule changes all at the same time. Like, I mean, like, come on, we're both parents. <laughs> you pick one rule, right? Try to enforce right. it. See right. if it works. Then maybe try the second rule. They're doing bigger bags. You know. Not uh, uh, less uh, less disengagements, and then also the the pitch clock all at the same time, and it's just a lot for these guys. Again, what you said, right? These guys that have been in the league for 12, 13, 14 years. I mean, some even eight years would be a lot. Like these guys, and and they went to the minors with all these rules. It's crazy to think about this. So, um. Well, and just one one last thing there, just real quick, right? Like again, I don't care about the bigger bags, right? A couple inches is not, uh, yeah, from physics. It's, and, it's uh, really the disengagement in the pitch. It's the disengagement and the fact the- that they put an exact number, right? Now I know exactly that the pitcher can only do this two times. I mean, of course I can run crazy at that point. The fact that there's no variable there, right? I, and I don't know what it would be, but the fact that they limit it exactly. I mean, that if I knew an exact number of like how long it would take for somebody to blitz on me, right? Or the exact number of how many times I was allowed right. to do X or Y. If you add like huge... three Mississippi to the NFL, right. quarterbacks right. would absolutely <laughs> shred everybody. That would be crazy. Right. Um, but, but having any type of consistency like that, like knowing that number in any professional athlete, that's a huge advantage. And I just, I think that was a huge mistake. Yeah. Um, so to the pitch clock. I wonder, and this is a little bit of a segue into a topic that we don't have listed on the sheet here, but something that we've all talked about. Everybody has. Um, is, is AJ frozen here? Is that what's going on? Um, let's see. Yeah, yeah, we're having some technical difficulties over here. I won't blow him up. I'll let him tell you when he gets that, back. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I ju- I just saw I just saw some of the messages. Anyway, so. I I wonder how much I I think the pitch clock honestly has more of an effect of on all of this than everything else we've talked about. That's my honest opinion. Um, I don't care about the disengagements. I don't care about the bigger bases. I think the pitch clock is really screwing things up. And I'll, I'm not gonna lie with you. Like, I, what is it? Eight twenty seconds? Eighteen? I don't even know what the hell it is. Um, but it, but it's way too short. Like I've seen too many times where like, and it just feels like these pitchers are just rushing. They're just like, Oh, I gotta get in. Gotta, gotta get in. Gotta, and they're pitching with 10 seconds left on the clock and they don't have to, but they're like anxiety. is just like, I get, I would get it too. Like 
they're just forcing it. And then batters are, are you know, they're not able to step out and take a breath after like a, a close pitch. There was a, a story, something I saw on Twitter or like somebody or no, I, I heard it on a broadcast last night. A guy like got like a standing ovation because he yep. like came back yep. to his um, ballpark and freaking got yeah. a pitch clock <laughs> violation yeah. because he yeah. stepped out of the box, tipped his cap, and then stepped and then like come on, we gotta have a little bit of leeway on this, right? Yeah. There's got to be something. There's got to be more ways to get out of the pitch clock, you know, violation than you know what there is now. This is. I don't actually enjoy watching these guys just rush at this right. point. Right. I don't like the three hour to three and a half hour to four hour games. Do I like sure. a game being done in an hour and 45 minutes? No, that's like my kids little league game. That's boring. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. And that's not good baseball. Right. Figure this out guys. But I also think there's other ramifications from this and that, I think you're going to probably tell me what they are. Well, first off, it's 15 seconds to pitch with the bases empty. 15, and 20, damn, I gave him credit. 20, 20 seconds with runners on base, which, of course, we, we already know that they're not doing a very really great job with that which either. Which doesn't but, matter because they can't do anything. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, if you've taken a test or if you've seen the NBA, right, everybody who has a shot clock or sees a timer going down, you're, of course, I don't care how professional you are, that's going to mess with your head. And you're absolutely right. I think there's a ton of rushing. I don't. I, I just don't think that that's going to, you know, be an effective way to go about it. And like you said, the Cody Bellinger thing cracked me up because yeah. MLB, MLB said the reason we didn't, uh, you know, help him or allow for that delay to occur is because they didn't clear it with us ahead of time uh, for any type of delay that they knew that was coming. First of all, where does spontaneity, right? Where's like, you know, somebody gets like a third home run and comes out and doffs their cap. I mean, maybe, you know, I don't know if I want somebody pitching during that. I want to pause, enjoy that moment. Like it's supposed to Baseball be. Baseball is supposed to be that, that. They want it to be part of, they want the fan experience to be better. Let the fan experience be better. Let that right. type of crap happen. Like it's such nonsense what they're doing. And then the umpire said during the Bellinger thing that he didn't know if he had the ability to stop the pitch clock. And again, going back to it, like, you know, nobody knows what yeah. powers they have. And that is ridiculous. So sad. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, again, MLB it's one of the. watching it again. Yeah, it, it it's a good idea, but the way they're hand, it's just bad. The way delivery, yeah, no, totally, I don't like it totally at all. is, man. <laughs> all right, so I think if I can give my two cents, because I, I don't think I have yet, on how to adjust as a fantasy manager with these new rules. Joe, can you give us our two cents for how a fantasy manager can adjust to these new rules, please? Yes, please. Uh, oh, thank you for no asking. Uh, oh, of course. <laughs> so honestly, for me, like I'm not, I'm not streaming as many pictures as I as I once used to. Really? Absolutely okay. not. Okay. Um, now, if you're playing Colorado away from Colorado, <laughs> sure. bingo, go after that one because they are horrible. Um, right. Maybe a little Kansas City Royals action, even though they're getting a little better, but uh, still not great. Um, Reds away from home are a good targeting, a good team to target. But man, you've you've got to really look at the metrics of your pitcher. You've really got to see if they can, you know, 
get ground balls and strikeouts, in my opinion. That's that's the big thing. If they allow a lot of pop-ups, you might get burned. So, like, you got to be careful there. But, honestly, like, if you want to stream some hitters, let's go for it. That's where we're that's where we're at now. We're back to streaming hitters. This is like ten years ago action. <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, so it it's just a different mindset for for a lot of people who have been you know some people are new to fantasy baseball within the last couple of years. It's a different mindset. You cannot just rock out any pitcher you want at this point and just think that they're gonna like give you a quality start because it's not gonna happen anymore. Offense is back. Maybe it's the new rules. Maybe they're juicing the ball. Maybe they're doing both. I, I actually wouldn't be – I wouldn't doubt they were doing both, honestly. But um, let's move on here to a guy that our producer, Mike, mentioned. Fernando Tatis has returned to Major League Baseball after his PED suspension. Uh, this guy absolutely mashed the ball in the minors uh, the, you know, these last couple weeks as he was filling out his suspension here. Uh, what, he had a three-home run game? That's where that, that little joke came from. I mean, just absolutely crushed it. Right. You know, but, I mean, what do you... He hasn't played in the majors for a full season. Plus, right. <laughs> he was an absolute number one player in baseball for at least fantasy maybe even more before that. What do you think he's going to actually return to be? Cause he's not, he's not available in any league. I'd be shocked if of he course, was, of course, right. So he was drafted in some leagues very early knowing he was going to be back on April 20th. What do you think we are going to get from him the rest of the year? If you would have, well, I'm sorry. I was asked about this during the offseason, and I said a big fat, I don't know, and it's not because of why, you know, you typically see somebody with a long layoff. It's because, obviously, the PEDs, right? I mean, you want to, you don't know what to what degree the PEDs were helping, right? And then, of course, he goes into the AAA and just, I think he hit like 107 home runs one game. Seven, seven home runs, by the way. A f- Five fifteen average. What? Yeah, obviously, yeah, obviously, quad A player, right? It's just, oh it's just ridiculous. God. But so, so he goes in. Look, there's going to be adjustment because the pitch clock and all those things. Yes, I get it. He had it in AAA, and he was able to kind of get acclimated to that. But we just talked about that, right? There's some other things going on there. I, however, because the pitching's so awful, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. Because I mean, we just we just talked about this, right? The pitching is so terrible. He might just be like, "This is same as AAA. Let me just go crazy." I don't know. I would not have uh, drafted him as high as I saw him. Like he was going second round. He was some of my last. No way, no way. But there's no way I'm touching him there. But of course, it's Tatis. The other piece here that's hitting lead off right away. By the way, which is just insane in my opinion. Uh, I mean, I get yeah. the talent, but yeah, so he's 0 for 2 with one strikeout so far. And uh, his so pitcher a, um, is Ryan Nelson. So not a juggernaut <laughs> who's allowed four runs already. Just none to Tatis. Bogart says the home run for the day. Yeah, I look, I I think he's going to be fine. I yeah. I don't and I think if there's any other type of clubhouse, too, I think they might be worried. But that clubhouse is 
deep with a lot, you know, he's got Machado. He's uh, obviously got Soto. He's got, you know, Bogarts. Bogarts. Uh, yeah, and Carl I mean, this, even. yeah, there's just so many, there's so much, dudes. so many like veterans in that lineup that I'm not worried at all uh, with him. I, just oof, that, that price tag in the off season. I just wasn't touching it. Yeah, <laughs> just, I wasn't either. I mean, you know, we're going to, you know, maybe we're going to look back and go, damn, we probably should have done it. Right. You know, you, you, you know, when you, when you look back at a season, right? Like if you were to, you know, trout, right. If, if he were to only, if you knew, right, he would only miss a month in the middle of June. Yeah. Right? right. Or, you know, a few weeks in the middle of June, you'd probably be like, oh, he's still first, second round, but he drops because you never know. Right. In, right. in you know, he's, he's missed three months <laughs> the last couple <laughs> of seasons. So it's been bad. So with Tatis, you get the, you get the, you know, it wasn't just the suspension. It was the, he had the shoulder injury that, right. no, and yep. then the wrist, right. and then it was everything else on top of it. And I was just kind of right. like, I'm out. Like, I right. can't, I'm not taking no. that risk early on. I'm going to take somebody who I will guarantee unless he gets injured will of right. perform. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I think Tatis, as long as he is healthy, he's going to perform very, very well. He's, he always has, and I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. And, yeah, first game back, maybe there's, a little, maybe there's going to be a little jitters here right now. But, sure. yeah, the, the, the minor league stats are just hilarious to look at here with him. But from his a pure teammate, baseball – His but, sorry. Yeah, what? sorry. I was just going to say, from a pure baseball fan perspective, I want to watch all of Tatis' at-bats. But, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I want to see all the, all the shenanigans he does, too. Yes, it, yes. it does entertain me. Yeah. Uh, his teammate, though, by the way, and maybe it'll get better now that Tatis is back and batting apparently in front of him. <laughs> right. Juan Soto. Yeah, he's got four bombs, 12 runs. Those sound good. Nine RBI even. That's okay. Uh, he's even got a stolen base. 194 average? Right. What in the living hell is going on? Now, I will say this. We all know Juan Soto is an OBP master. Sure. His OBP is back up at 372, but it's still way below what we all expect. Right. You know, look, when he moved to San Diego last year, like he was bad with Washington last year in comparison for Juan Soto's sake, right? Of course, right. Then he moved to San Diego, and it was way worse. Way <laughs> worse. Right. Now we're seeing even worse. What do we do with him? Like, what do you do with Juan Soto? Well, uh, first off, you've paid a first-round pick for him, right? So you're not going to just ditch him. But these numbers are really crazy. I mean, he went 0 for 21 for a homestand. And then on top of that, here's here's the interesting part, right? We have enough games now. It's not just the beginning of this season, but we have enough games. We have 70 games to the Padres. Yeah. Uh, I'm mean, sorry, a little bit more now, but, you know, a, a couple days ago. When I wrote this down, it was, it was 218, 377, and 383 is triple slash line and nine home runs. Now, at, with the 565 games of Washington, right, it's a lot of games, but I, I just wanted to hit the, the the slash numbers, right? 291, 427, and 538. Again, OBP master, I'm not so much worried about that part, but God, 80 points on the batting average yeah. and almost 200 points on slugging. Wow. You, you wonder about that 400 or $40 million contract that, you know, that he had with the nationals that of course got leaked and 
he made a comment, uh, I think was it a couple of days ago that he said that that was one of the reasons why he stopped, you know, talking about it. Um, stopped talking to nationals and because he got really mad about that. But is he going to be able to sniff those kind of numbers or is he going to just expect that because of his name cachet unless he really turns things around? I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, from fantasy, fantasy perspective, obviously, we, you know, $400 million, but whatever. That's not my problem. It's not in my, Dude, not is in my he thing. the Kenny Galladay of freaking <laughs> fantasy baseball? Like, remember when Kenny Galladay signed that massive contract right. with the Giants? Yeah. I was like, oh, brother, here we go. Like, this is going to be big time. And then right. it was just like, oh, I'm good. I got yep. paid. We good. Yep. And the problem is baseball contracts are guaranteed, so it's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> these these football the Giants were like a couple of seasons later they were like have fun yeah, yeah <laughs> Peace. We're, we're, we're uh, I mean I don't know thing man. Is, is that he's coming up with some other I mean I wouldn't say other excuses but you know or the reporters were kind of I guess throwing him ball softballs out there that he's you know taking and because he's saying now that you know he's uh, he's uh, um, Alden Gonzalez uh, tweeted out a couple of days ago that you know uh, he was lamenting uh, Soto was lamenting the fact that there's no pitch clock anymore and you know he can't play mind games with the pitchers anymore. You know when I start seeing people kind of reaching for those types of things, I, I think the pitch clock probably is messing with them. But you know I'm just like. Dude, just say that you're working on it or whatever. Stop trying to <laughs> throw those things out there. Okay, the pitch clock could be messing with you, but the fact that right. you were struggling once you yeah. once you got to San Diego last yep. year already. Exactly. Yep. Not good, guys. Um Yep. You know, like Washington and I don't know the numbers in front of me. I I, I don't have sure. them, but Washington is a much better hitting park than San Diego is literally one of the worst hitting parks in oh, baseball. Of course, yeah, absolutely. So, I do we just think maybe that has something to do with it? And no. and I wonder, like you know, the years that he was in Washington, they were a good team. Now San Diego is a good team too, right? Yeah, be. <laughs> but the rest of the NL East at that point when he was there really wasn't good. Washington just sort of dominated that division. The Mets weren't very good. Uh, Marlins clearly were never good. Right. <laughs> right. Phillies were kind of off and on, but not typically. I wonder if it's just like, you know what? Now he's got to play the Dodgers a lot more. San Francisco's always damn, stingy, right? Is a good word, I guess. Uh Arizona is not great, but, you know, whatever. And then, you know, Colorado is Colorado. But um, we need we got to worry about that competition all the time. Like, maybe there's something there. I don't know. I, I, it's, it's weird with him. I, I, I wanted to – I bought back into him in a couple of best balls pretty right. early. Um, I thought, like, you know, in all season he's going to get over that contract hump. And, you know, we saw with, like – Mookie Betts, like when he first went to the Dodgers, he was terrible at first. And then right. it was all of a sudden like, oh, hey, I remember that play baseball. Like, <laughs> I don't care about the contract. I don't care about the fans right. or the area. I thought maybe Juan Soto would be able to do the same thing, and it doesn't feel like that. So, so what, what, what telling stat that lets me believe that things are going to be okay, but, you know, obviously needs to change, is that he's seen a lot more pitches in the strike zone. Maybe it's because pitchers are either, you know, again, bad pitching or the fact that, you know, they're trying to challenge him more because they don't, they're not fearful of him. but he's not swinging at more pitches yeah. in the strike zone. So, you know, that's, that's fixable, especially if you're an all-star like him. So that makes me feel very 
good about his chances of improving. And of course, it's Soto. But I mean, am I worried? Yeah, I'm at probably three on a 10 scale. But I definitely am reaching out to see if I get a discount anywhere in the league. If I can get a discount from any player that, you know, is in my league that is thinking, oh, God, this is not what I drafted. Maybe throw, you know, a player at him or two. I mean, a 70 plus game sample size of him struggling, like struggling. And even, honestly, even his Washington part of the season last season was not first round value. So oh, I, I I would want a discount to trade for him. Like a uh, pretty big discount, honestly. Okay. So then um, th- tell me what a one-to-one in your mind would be a discount. Oh, my for gosh. Soda. That's impossible. Yeah, yeah, not, on oh, no. I, I, I just want to I just you know throw it out there. This, so if you had, let's say, uh, Mookie Betts, would you trade him one to? If you had Mookie Betts, would you trade him one to one? If somebody offered you Soto for Mookie Betts, no, I would keep. I would keep Betts at that point. Okay. Would you trade? Um, would you accept Soto for um, Bergman? Bregman. Yeah, probably only because. As we're gonna get to, Bregman's not doing so hot either. Well, right. <laughs> so that's not helpful. <laughs> but uh, hey, well, jazz tism then. Oh yeah, wow. Okay, all right. I just wanted to see what the discount was. I just yeah. wanted to see what that level I, was. Okay. I, I think. I think. I, yeah, I think I'd be trading. Some, oh yeah, I, I would trade him in a heartbeat. But I just wanted to see where you but, were. Yeah, best, best, no, best is a stud still. Right. I'm, I'm right. good there. Uh, but yeah, that, that's a tough one. All right. All right. Next up here, let's move over to the Tampa Bay Rays. Jeffrey Springs. <sighs> Jeffrey Springs has Springs has died. I'm going <sighs> to use the uh, the Dap Scout. Uh, Mottos here. Uh, AJ AJ's trying to come back. Do we got you, AJ? Can you say hi? Springs has not sprung or sprung an ACL leak or something along those wow. lines. Wow. Perfect well, timing I, by AJ. I, I like the Springs has died. UCL, sorry. Uh, that, was, that was that was Dap Scouts. I'm I'm gonna give it a Dap on that one. So uh I'll let AJ kind of breathe a little bit and figure out if he's back for real and dap uh what's your thoughts you know you know obviously you know we we figured out yesterday or was it just today that uh he is now officially on the il done for the year through probably the middle of the next year it's a 31 year old 30 31 year old pitcher now that you know was really figuring things out and now, unfortunately, going to have to get Tommy John. This is more of a dynasty call, really. Right, so, right. and this is your, you know, this is honestly your wheelhouse. What do you do with a guy like Jeffrey Springs if you have him on your roster? So you said he's 33, right? So we're looking at. Is he 33? You know, I thought he was 31. Uh, 31. I'm sorry. Sorry. 31. So you're looking at, you know. 32-ish, late 32, when he's going to be back up, you know, to full. He's 30 in seven months. Sorry. So almost. Oh, wow. 31. So you always do about 18 months, right, for them to be hopefully back to where they're trusting their stuff. I mean, yes, it's a, you know, everybody recovers differently, but typically it's about 18 months because then they when they come back, it's reduced workload. And, you know, you don't really want to have that first Tommy John back uh, in Dynasty. <sighs> Man, I 
the the turnaround that has occurred in the last season and a half, two seasons that, of Springs going from kind of the a great asset, to, I mean, to a good asset to a great asset in Dynasty was it felt like it was overnight. And I was buying on Springs. I have him on way too many leagues. Yeah, me too. <laughs> this is why I'm hurting. You and me included, so man. You and me on the same team. Dynasty. Yeah. Did we get a trade offer for him earlier this year? And we're like, nah, we're good. No, no, Damn no, no. Springs, Springs now, now we wish we had done it, right? Right. Uh, but, you know, I think it's I one of those things like with any injury, right? You want to see what you get for him, but you're probably going to get a, maybe a penny on the dollar at most. Man. It might just it might just be best to hold on to him. I, it's it could go either way. I I am a bigger fan of not trying to sell low uh, when at all possible. So if I have the deal slot, especially in Dynasty, yeah. I want to keep them. It hurt even in the season long leagues to hit you know release just because I had to. In some of those where I only had like four yep. DL spots, I mean yeah, I keep saying DL um, IL spots, but oh, uh, but a redraft. So I mean you're not you can't keep him, so he, nope, he's an nope. automatic cut there. In, right. in Dynasty, to me, and and I agree with you. I'm holding him as long as I possibly can because right now his value is bottom dollar. He's a penny, two cents on the dollar. The closer he gets to a return, Mm -hmm. that's when you sell in my opinion because when he does return, he's going to be close to 32, 33 years old. (laughs) And yes, can pitchers go 34, 35, 36, 37 years old? Sure. Jeffrey Springs is the guy who didn't really pop until he was, what, 29? Mm-hmm. So can I expect him to, like, be awesome until he's 37? No. The, the guys that go that long are the right. Max Scherzers, the Clayton Kershaws, those types of guys. I'm not relying. I was hoping to rely on Springs for, like, two and a half seasons and then be like, peace, I'm going to get some younger dude from you in my dynasty league because somebody w- wants to win with you if I was having to rebuild with him. That's what I was hoping for. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's a shame because he was pitching lights out. And uh, so that, that's a pretty rough run. Uh, AJ, you got the next one here, and uh, it is light the Taj Mahal. I love it. Taj Bradley dominates a gun. Tampa Bay Rays. The guy who basically has now replaced Jeffrey Springs. What's your thoughts on him the rest of the year? Uh, I never knew who he was until after. Oh, no. (laughs) So I should not have asked you that one. And, uh... Yeah. I, so, Dap, you no, want to answer I mean, that one? No, no, no. I, I know who he is now, but <laughs> I I went and totally missed the boat. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I needed to add this guy like two weeks ago at least um, for anybody in uh, in Tampa Bay's arsenal, I feel like. It's just their pitching is absolutely ridiculous. It's always, yeah, it's always been. That's why that's why Jeffrey and, Springs is good now. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but, yeah, Bradley – Bradley looks real, <laughs> real strong, um, and I think he can keep it up. Uh, I, you know, he could become an easy drop, you know, if if he has one bad blowout game. Uh, but with what he's done so far, I'm pretty sure that that people need to know his name at this point. Yeah, no, I mean. He 
He's been lights out. Um, Dap, I, I know you know you you, uh, you you've mentioned his name a bunch of times in in our dynasty. You know we've been trying to trade with with Jay <laughs> a few times for him. He th- he threw his Garrett Stone instead, which was a good complimentary, but he wouldn't get rid of Taj, which looks like it was a smart decision on his point. Uh, but this guy has been lights out, even almost even better than he was in the minors, which is kind of insane when you really think about it. Um, the competition he has faced so far in the majors hasn't been crazy. We're talking about Cincy and then, uh, oh, the first game was Boston. Actually, their offense is pretty solid, right? Right. So, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of a mixed bag offense-wise, but just 17 strikeouts in 10 innings already. That's just insane, you know, .97 ERA. Clearly, that's not going to keep up. But I want to ask you, like, what do you do with a guy like this in, in a redraft league where you know line- innings will be limited and it's Tampa Bay, so they're going to tinker and move and, you know, use an opener, you know, just, just to screw with things. That's just what Tampa does. So, it, I, it, you know, if you have got – if you've got a if, – if for some reason he is still out there in your leagues, which I doubt right. he is, but – um would okay, so would you trade for him one? And if he is somehow in there, out there in your leagues, like, would you blow a bunch of fab on him just knowing you're going to get stellar stats when he's out there? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think at a certain point, what's the point of fab if you can't get something like a sure thing? If, yeah, if he's out there, my God, yes, I would absolutely d- destroy thirty percent of my fab to get Taj Bradley. And like we just talked about, pitching is terrible right now or yeah. it's kind of up in the air getting any type of starter and the thing is i can't worry about you know the innings limit or tomorrow if i get 120 innings and you're telling me that you know i'm gonna get i don't you know, know if he'll do that though dude well you think, just, you think about his his innings his most innings in any single year yeah. was oh well wait he oh. went shit actually in 2022 he went a so 133, and then before 133, yeah. and yeah, then right. 2021, 20, he did one, uh, 103. And so they do right, like, so yeah, he might go like 160. So, the, yeah, so well, pretty good, actually. I didn't realize he had gone that far. Typically, it's about 10%, 20%, you know, yeah. is like kind of the safe range. So, you know, 150 innings. Look, and even Tampa if I got will figure out how to finagle that, right? Guaranteed. Even if I got 130 innings, right? Like, let's go back Not to bad. what he was. If, if I got 130 innings and you give me double digit wins plus a three-ish ERA, I'm pff, all day. That's yeah. worth it. Knowing so, that, yeah. I wish I'd gone harder on him in uh, NFBC this last <laughs> weekend. Yeah. I got Damn it. you, Dave yeah. Eddie, for talking me out of him. <sighs> he, he, well, Dave Eddie hates all pitchers. So he, does. he does. But then he recommended Kyle Freeland, jerk. <laughs> Not that I picked him up, but still, it's just like, what the hell? Anyway. Yeah. Um, all right, next up here, uh, Anthony Volpe leading off. Uh, hello. Um, this is something new here, and I was really shocked to see this because he's struggled on the year for sure. Um, he had like a below, I mean, he had a below 200 average to start the, to start the year, one home run. He had a bunch of steals, and I don't mean like Dab. You and I talked about this before, like on, on that opening day show. Him batting ninth made no sense. If you're going to bring him yeah. up, that's right. not where he belonged in the lineup. Right. He needs at bats. 
he needs to be a table setter. He needs to be involved in the in the core of the offense. If you're gonna bring a guy up that like that, but they battled him tonight. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna give Mike Curlin credit for this because uh, I'm stealing this all these stats from him. <laughs> Anthony Volpe went batting first in the lineup, five games, 22 plate appearances, 18.2 percent walk rate, 18.2 percent K rate. Awesome. 278 batting average, 909 OPS, 401 Woba, 162 WRC plus. It has led off three straight and five of the last seven. Now, this was as of yesterday. So the Yankees played today. I don't know. I haven't looked it up yet. They won. But (laughs) did he lead off? Yeah, he did. (laughs) Yes. So, again, just more to the fact that this is his position to lose. Um, You know, AJ, do you have any thoughts on Volpe now leading off? Um, I mean, it it makes sense because this – I feel like of all the prospects and everything, he's had the most fanfare and just – so much hype coming in and he's backed it up for for the most part and i think this is just another notch in that that hype belt but i agree he should not have been starting way down in the lineup he should have been higher and i love seeing him at one i i think this just bodes so much better for fantasy um it's gonna get him on average you know at least an extra at bat in most games yeah Um, you know, and especially if the games where these pitchers continue to suck, um, you know, and give up a ton of runs, he's going to continue to get more and more at bats. Well, and, and, and speaking of that, he didn't get a hit today, but he got two walks, didn't strike out twice. So he's going right back into his even split for strikeouts and walks. Yeah. But he scored a run. that's, so right there, because he was behind, you know, ahead of Judge and Rizzo and Torres and and those types of guys, he got a run just because he's there. If he's at the bottom, probably doesn't not, score. He's not getting that unless there's random long innings where you know everybody's kind of hitting. But this is where he needs to be at the top of this lineup. This is where he's going to be the most productive um, in helping them get these runs. It's going to build his, you know, OPS or sorry, o- OBP. Um, if he continues to walk and get on base, hopefully the strikeouts turn more into hits. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I definitely like him at the top yeah. of the lineup. I agree. Um, Dap, you got anything yeah, so, else to add to that yeah, real quick i think that there's a there's a great article in the athletic by chris kirshner where they talked to the um the yankees hitting coach dylan lawson and they said one of the biggest reasons that you know volpe was having issues is he said in the spring you've seen about 55 percent strikes because again spring training you're trying to just get those pitches over mm-hmm. and kind of loosen up your arm and now he's seen under 50 percent and just kind of swinging more and, and understanding when to swing was kind of a, a bigger deal there. And I think it's a very kind of important change from spring training to obviously now, and hit, obviously then the, the mind shift there as well, but I'm, I'm really impressed. And I think most importantly, like you said, 
he just needs to get on base because the guys behind yeah. him are going to hit him across. Yeah. So exactly. if you can keep that, I mean, you know, if that OBP is above 300, then, you know, the Yankees are going to be super happy. Yeah. I mean, when he's batting ninth, you think, okay, you just got to get on base because then it's the one, two, three, four. But, right. but the one they had there before, like, it wasn't, they weren't putting Judge at one in, earlier in the season. Right. It was always like LeMayhew. And like, they were like, what the hell are they doing? Like, LeMayhew's <laughs> not that guy. LeMayhew needed to be moved back down the lineup a long time ago. so And they did it last year, right? Yeah. They finally went, LeMahieu, go down there, judge we're going to bat you one, which didn't make any sense. He still, right. you know, mashed 63 home runs, whatever the hell it was. So, all right, moving on here. We got Bregman on ice, man. Oh, this dude's been brutal this year. And, you know, I know, that, you know, the Astros have had their injuries, but. Again, dude, like, what do we do with a guy like Bregman who I, you know, I've never been a huge fan of Bregman as far as fantasy, but he was kind of like this in this like weird range of forgotten land for third baseman. So it was like, I mean, if I can get a guy who's going to bat, you know, 260 and maybe give me 20 home runs as a third baseman. If I if I can't grab one of the studs early on, right? You know the Machados and and J Rams and, and all those guys. If I can get a guy like that who I feel like I can trust, seven rounds later, if not more, like I'm gonna do it. But man, he has just destroyed me. Two bombs, <laughs> two sixteen average. Uh, what I don't know what's going on here, like. Can anybody tell me? Can any give me some good news for Bregman to tell me that this is not going to happen the rest of the season? Because this is just so awful one of the news. so one of the things right that they talked about um, with Bregman was that he uh, you know he got he fractured his left index uh, finger in Game Six of the World Series. So this is forever ago, um, and they said, oh, you know, this injury is not going to keep him from playing World Baseball Classic. I that's the only thing I could think of is that there's some type of like lingering effect of that or something else. I'm, I'm literally grasping at those types of straws with Bregman. To just be honest with you, because it, if you look at his baseball savant page, right, it's a lot of red except for two kind of important areas, hard hit percentage, which you expect from Bregman and max exit velocity, super blue. I mean, like, you know, Smurf blue, but you yeah, know, max exit velocity is not a big deal to me. It's, it's, well, I'm just talking about for a guy who mashes typically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if if we're talking about Volpe, then yeah, no problem. Yeah, max exit velocity, not so worried about. But for a guy who hits the ball hard, typically, you know, I'm, I'm not. He's spraying the ball where he needs to hit it. I mean, it just. I think honestly, I think it's health and time with Bregman. I think if he stays I mean, healthy, yeah. but. Bad bit was at two thirty. I'm I'm hoping that that bounces back. Cause yeah, I'm I'm looking at all the other stats around it, and the, you know, like uh, OBP's right there. He's walking the same. He's striking right. out the same clip. It, you know, sl- slugging's obviously down. That's that's because he's not getting on base. Um, you know, even like honestly, like his soft contract contact rate is down, but his medium right. rate is up. But his you know his hard hit rate is down, as you just alluded to. Uh, or, or mentioned so. Um, I mean, his yeah. I mean, spot, his I'm holding spot. out hope. It's it's just <laughs> right. It 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 is rough, man. I don't. I mean, he's hitting barrels at the same rate as last year and the uh, year before. 
you know, he's expected slugging percentage is actually higher, about 40% from the last two years. You know, there's a lot of good here in the thing. But again, that max exit velocity, just to give you an idea, right, is four like notches lower than it was last year. And two from the year before. That just kind of would he this, be somebody it, that you would you would like you mentioned with Soto? Would he yeah. be somebody that you'd be like dangling out, be like, hey, like what do you want for what do you want for Bregman? I look, I, I think there's one important piece about Bregman. He plays for the Astros. Um, yeah, and they, they get, score a and, ton of runs. And they score a ton and of runs. <laughs> yes, that too. I mean, and, and you know, Al, you know, you know, Altuve yeah. is going to be back in what mid June. Right. That's going to help a ton. I he's think he's still Altuve, getting. He, he's still getting on base. Three forty, right? Three forty one. Bregman's still getting on base. So I mean, yes, he's not hitting what you want. He's not hitting the ball. I wonder if like Altuve not being there is right. making that much of a difference. I wonder. Well, you've got Altuve, and you lose Yuri Gurriel and replace him with a very underperforming. Uh, now I'm blanking on his name, Jose Abreu. So, whoa, are you are you insulting the the Abreu? I'm that not hurt? insulting him. I'm just no. spitting out facts. That <laughs> yes, is it's weird. Trash right now. It's 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 weird. You're spitting out facts, and you weren't insulting Abreu. I was just I was I was just ready for an insult. Yeah, and I was ready to fight. Yeah, yeah Abreu. Yeah. Abreu's been bad. I I kind of thought him moving to but, moving oh, yeah. to Houston I, would be a good thing I for was him. All but over that, and nope. not very happy with the return so far. Um, I yeah, thankfully I, swung and missed on all of the Abreu tri- tries that I got, and uh, look out, look out, looking to be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, so, I think Bregman will bounce back. I'm, yeah. I'm not overly worried about about him right now, but yeah, I mean that that lineup's got to get healthy. Um, yeah, it's got to be the lineup that we know it to be, and then I think he'll be fine. Yep. All right. Uh, so let's move over here to the Boston Red Sox and bellow below expectations. Dap. <laughs> dap. These are all yours. I'm not taking credit for uh, these. Are all daps. Um, <sighs> Brian Bellow. Man, he. Uh, Is dude. it Brian or Bright Brian? Brian, okay. you might be yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't. Sorry. I don't know. Go ahead. Brian Bello, he, uh, yeah, dude, he crushed minor leagues. Yep. His first few starts there, I was excited to get him back and actually threw him in my NFBC lineup because it's a two start week, and I was like, oh, let's do it. Damn, this absolutely got smashed. Um, I mean, he had a bunch of strikeouts in two innings, five and uh, what, two and a third, two and two thirds. Uh, same amount of earned runs. What? Do, what? Do, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Thanks, AJ. Wow. I mean, damn, dude, this guy's a stud. You get ratios <laughs> like that. I didn't say he was a stud. I was saying. I was saying I was excited, and uh, apparently, I shouldn't have been. So, I don't know. Uh, that. Nope. What? Uh, what do we do with him going forward? We just dropping him, waiting to see him, holding him. You know, keep, t- think about your normal like twelve team. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, I, I, seven seven bench league, whatever it is. Yeah, I. The thing is, I'm not seeing anything positive, right? Like, I his location is kind of a mess. He's 
giving up way too much hard contact. And he he just lobs he, him over the plate, dude. He really does. <laughs> I mean, his like you said, the, the only two kind of positives here are he's not walking people. But then again, you're not walking people because they're killing the ball, right? <laughs> you right. don't have anybody to walk. Um, you're. I keep waiting for that. That seems that every pitcher, at least good pitchers, right, has that amazing game of like you know eight strikeouts and you know one hit. And I keep waiting for that game to either a be able to sell them finally or b you know feel some optimism. It's bad right now. It, there's not anything to kind of be excited about. His when when you look at even kind of like his heat map of where he's kind of putting stuff, you know, it's all over the place. And I'm not sure if it's on purpose or that's he just has no control over any of these pitches. Again, I know he's not walking anybody, but I mean, he, the, he, these numbers are just nuts, and it's not sustainable, right? Expected slugging percentage is o- over 400. <laughs> Expecting on base percentage, you know, the weighted is. 550 it's nuts so i mean this is t-ball numbers so, and he's 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 a better pitcher than he's shown better pitch uh, you know being a better pitcher than this but so has sure he? i mean he's shown better in the minors he has right, not right. shown better Sorry. in the majors not much better in the majors that's the no, problem no he's his track record in the majors is terrible uh, there's there's no there's no getting around it now and um you know he's had enough time in the majors to kind of have some type of track record and it's terrible um, I hope this doesn't turn into he's a great 4A, you know, type mm-hmm. pitcher. He might be a great bullpen arm. Maybe, um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. He might get shoved to the bullpen. But, uh, I mean, with with the pitching landscape being as terrible as it is right now, I'm grasping at straws. I still have Bellow on a lot of benches, but I have not started him at all in almost all my leagues. So I think I had a, the first start. I was like, ah, oh, put him in the first start. After he got yes. shelled, I don't think I've started him again, but I'm st- I just don't know if I can hit drop, you know, in season long. In Dynasty, I'm keeping him. You know, he still has the yeah, name. Yeah, I've dropped him in one. I've kept him in a few, but it's, yeah. it's not easy. Um, yeah. AJ, next up here, we got Madison Bumgarner after getting absolutely smoked. <laughs> I mean, it was time. Just in time. Finally, DFA'd. Uh, Dap's got some thoughts on this too. I know for sure, but uh, obviously, Mad Bum's gone off rosters. Uh, Brandon, Fett time, right? Maybe. I mean, again, Mad Bum got smoked. Time to roll the try. Try to yell at some people for I not mean, getting strike calls. <laughs> <laughs> Which made no sense. What we want to do here? Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Brandon Fat fan, um, and that's that's P F A N. Um, he's he's got the stuff, you know. He's been okay so far in, uh, you know, in the minors. I think he's got like a three sixty three ERA. But the big thing here is that he's on the same pitching schedule as Mad Bomb. Um, obviously that could change, uh, but I don't, I don't know if he's necessarily going to get the call right away. I think they're going to see what they have. They're going to, you know, keep him down for now, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him up after a start or two, um, you know, with whoever they plug and play. Uh, so that, that's the, the obvious 
interest is seeing what their you know their their main man can do um trying to pull up his thing here well yeah Yeah. so we actually do know who's uh, coming up he was mr mr henry tommy henry is going to be coming up in his place because like you said he's a little off schedule right um so fat can't come up yet i think that's what uh we're at least what we're Hoping is the reason why Fast's not coming up, but maybe it's not the reason. But Dap, you've got your thoughts on Brandon Fat here, um, and Brand- why Brand- I think he absolutely should be the guy. And and do you think people should be picking him up now and just stashing yes. him for a week or two? Absolutely, a hundred percent. If you weren't, I grabbed him in almost all my league, season-long leagues as one of the last picks. I so expected him drop off. him or add him for an offensive player or a pitching player. Well, let me let me uh, bring up some important things that AJ kind of alluded to because AJ always kind of is a great assist for me as well. Um, <laughs> yes. So he's pitching in one of the most hitter friendly environments in AAA right now. I mean, we're talking where some of the best pitchers either skipped that league entirely because they don't want to get disciplined or other pitchers that just got destroyed. His ERA last year got better when he went from double A to triple A, which is insane. He had, I think the third best uh, strikeout rate as well. So because he was able to go there, improve on his ERA, that just lets you know that this guy can pretty much pitch anywhere. That's the first thing. That's pretty fat. Even Colorado. He's pitching in Arizona, which is even better, right? Um, right, second best, right? (laughs) So that's another fat, um, uh, fat fact. Um, I like that fat fact. Uh, Copyright. There you go. go. Uh, Yeah, that's the other. That's the other big thing. But E F A C T. <laughs> but you know the, the other thing the, is the three hundred. You mentioned about the strikeouts. By the way, I just want to back you up on that. Three hundred and ninety-five strikeouts to sixty-four walks yep. in his entire minor league career in yep. three hundred and twelve yep. innings. Yep. That is, those numbers are absolutely crazy. Yeah, um, and uh, like I've been telling you, right? Like that's one of the things. And the thing is, he doesn't just strike people from calls, right? He's getting swinging strikes. Even the bad starts that he's had, the rough starts again, hitters environments, right? Um, he's he has tons of swing and misses on his stuff, and frankly, I mean, he's just an amazing pitcher. I've, he's been on my he's been on my roster in dynasty for a long time because I love the name. Um, I mean, I could. There's so many puns well, you can make. Course, team of name. course, right, right. But and, and then on his last start, you, you know, we talk about that ERA, but let's just talk about his last start. That happened. I mean, I'm sorry, April A start. He went 4.2 innings, two hits, one run, two walks, and then five Ks. I mean, that's just a fat line, right? That's just his normal thing. He's gonna have five, six, five, six inning pitches. You know, five to six strikeouts, and you know, almost no walks. Please sign me up. He's coming up. Whether it's this week, next week, he's coming up. There's just Arizona needs the help, regardless of Bumgarner. Henry's there, uh, and what I've read and what we talked about pre-show is that it looks like you know it's just kind of a temporary fill-in. Even if he does a no-hitter, I, they're going to find room for fat. There's absolutely I, no reason to keep so. him. You would think so. Real, real quick, just uh, before we move on to the next topic. So you're a big fan of Brandon Fat. And and you're saying all these phenomenal things about him, and 
Uh-oh. I wonder though, like Grayson Rodriguez is, is somebody that, that I think about. Like yeah. he was not the highly, he was not as highly touted as a prospect as great student Rodriguez. Right. Do you agree with that? And if not, why? Grayson Rodriguez had the pedigree from the, I mean, he was in the hundred, you know, top hundred prospects, top 40 prospects because it was considered the best starting pitching prospect in the minors, you know, hands down, or, you know, maybe one a I mean, sometimes you atrocious by the way. <laughs> right. No, no, I, I hear you. He's uh, lost his curve or change. Is that what it is? I, I, he's lost his field for his pitch. I mean, frankly, um, yeah, but, I think there's a lot that goes into that, right? I mean, there's we've seen a lot of pitching prospects, which is why, in general, I stay away from pitching prospects almost until eighty they... twenty, right? I almost and you've known this for a while that I'm yep. almost eighty percent. Oh yeah, no, I've I've heard this from a lot of dynasty players, right? But, you and Dave and Jason and Nick, everybody's like pitching prospects. Nah, get get off of them. Draft hitting, <laughs> right? Or you know, but I think go that, get hitting. Uh, go find pitching. Right. And th- but I think fat is a little bit different because of the environment he's been successful in has a le- shows me a little bit differently than Grayson Rodriguez, mm-hmm. who was, you know, just throwing bowling balls and just l- looked like he was amazing. He was going to be just this, another one of these young studs. I couldn't find kind of that underlying, I'm not a good enough expert to find those underlying issues with- when he was in the minors. That, on the other hand, I've been looking for a while, and especially when I saw that ERA drop last year, when he played a bunch of games in that hitters-friendly environment in AAA, and I can't, I can't express this enough. He changed some of his pitching, like the way he is um, pitch selection and things of that nature, and that just tells me that somebody is thinking ahead of time. They're not just throwing the ball, and they're really kind of being more selective, which is all obviously going to help them with uh, major league pitching. I mean, no, sorry, but- major league hitters. So I, I think I think that is going to be the deciding point. I think he's faced more kind of hurdle a hurdle environment that made him change things up uh, than you know Grayson Rodriguez. Did. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, no, uh, just that's something randomly I thought about. Yeah. Uh, last player we're going to talk about here before we let Dap have the have the floor here for a couple of minutes. Hopefully, only a couple of minutes. Uh, <laughs> sure. AJ, I'm going to let you have this one here. Joe Adele, is he finally ready? This mofo hit a home run of six straight games in the minors this past week. Uh, He's crushing the ball. Do you believe, like, I cannot fathom that the, the Angels are going to keep him in the minors performing like this for much longer? Because how how could you do that? But whenever he has gotten the chance, it is just fizzled out and fairly fast. Do you think he's one of these, as Dap has said before, quad A players? <laughs> Which, you know, it's not the first time I've heard that. Or do you think he might have finally figured something out? And granted, you know, he is still only 24. So sometimes it takes a little while for guys. What do you believe in here, AJ? Yeah, Adele is someone that, you know, I was watching early on and I, I did have him back uh, in the day in some dynasty leagues and had really high hopes for him, which a lot I'm sure of everybody did. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> but I, 
I feel like I jumped off the train, hopefully, you know, sooner than other people did. Um, but I'm I'm ready to jump back on it. You know, he, I, he was kind of always that one foot on the platform guy and just waiting to, to jump into the, you know, whatever, the, 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 the car with all the hay and the, the one that all the bums jump into. But, <laughs> dude, I mean, you can't really go wrong with, with the average. <laughs> I mean, so. You don't know that. Don't worry exactly. About exactly. Just let me talk and then you can take over. All right. I am. Um, you had your chance with all the technical <laughs> difficulties, so you're welcome. At least I came back this time. Anyway, um, touche. We had we had a bet, and I burn lost on it. myself. <laughs> I was debating. I was like, I, I, was, I was ready. <laughs> Kidding. So, Kidding. So what would you have won there, Joe? Because I mean, I'm sure he's got stockpiles of free Tito's bottles that he's already mailing you. So can't be anyway. the little one with your tears in it. <laughs> they, they taste so my good. Tears. <laughs> wouldn't be my tears because I don't drink vodka. No, the death's um, tears. Oh yes, yes. Anyway, average has always been pretty steady. Um, you know, at least at the higher levels, and then I mean, really throughout his minors. Um, I just I still am on the guy after letting him go and keeping them kind of in the in the periphery there um i mean the angels are pretty much a dumpster fire anyways so mm, what do they have to lose by bringing them up trying it again and hoping that this time he catches fire um i think he can he's got the tools to do it uh you know he's been he's been pretty solid so far 17 runs off of 19 hits now he's got you know only five doubles but eight homers all right and then you know he's still striking out at a pretty high clip but yeah but he's walking a lot more that's one of the other things that gets me is like he's walking a ton even more than he ever has in the minors so like maybe something's clicking for him i don't know yeah Uh, i mean i i I, I agree with you aj his his is over 400 now it's it's never i i I agree with you Um, i kind of think i i want to give this guy a chance you know, at this point, he wasn't drafted in any leagues unless you have like a forty-man roster. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, if I can pick it, if I can drop some schmuck off the bottom of my roster and pick up Joe Adele and see if he can, you know, figure things out, I'm I'm okay with that. But I'm not dropping anybody that's like consistently. Uh, contributing to my team. If, if if I got somebody who's like always on my bench and I'm just hoping it's going to work out, you know, fine. And, and lots of us have that right now. So, um, that. No. I want to give you your time. Yeah. We are going to give your minority report. Your, uh, Minor. <sighs> Minor, itty, itty, yeah, report. Love it. Uh, So this is Dap's time to give us a couple players that we should all be looking out for in the minors uh, to to make a name for themselves here pretty soon. Wait, wait. Uh Were you were you going to bring up the guy that's in the uh, private chat? No, Uh, I. I mean, I thought we were going to talk about him, but I. 
I was thinking, uh, how can I burn you with an Oakland reference? But yeah, wow. this wow. this is not well, really no, a I burn mean, because Mason Miller's Mason up. Miller's everybody should be yeah, going after. Everybody's solid, already so got yeah. him already. Yeah. <laughs> it leaves a matter. All right, so the the premiere of the Dap Scout Minor Eddie Report. Um, <laughs> the uh, first off, just in case you haven't seen the Minority Report, it's one of my favorite movies. Um, ever with Matt Damon, and uh, <laughs> I, I just you. I just want to tell you that if Matt Damon ever does a sequel to Minority Report, Majority Report, um, I think I would watch that one too. So just for all those people out there, Matt Damon fans, Minority Report. He's making okay. fun of me because I told him I said, oh, "Wait, wait, wait, what's that?" He said, "I want to do a minor report." And wait, wait, what's that movie by Matt Damon? I mean. 2002 screw off you, that you, you said you said what's that what's that movie by matt damon with the report name in it and i was like i don't know majority report minority report you're like yeah that one i'm like you mean with tom cruise you're like ah whatever <laughs> i went yeah what, what did i say to you i said the uh i said uh yeah the the movie with that guy that has the word report in it <laughs> i had no idea yeah. So right. there's Move a lot on. of names. Let's finish so, so there's a lot of names that we could be picking out here, right? Evan Carter's killing it as a Texas Ranger, but he's probably still a year away. But if uh, you want to talk about that guy who's going to be top five prospect here very shortly, Evan Carter's definitely at the top. Junior Caminario. I mean, there's a ton of names we could have, but because pitching is such a dark spot right now, I really want to highlight two pitchers that most likely will be up this year. Andrew Abbott. Why are we highlighting this guy? Because frankly, he's leading everywhere with strikeouts he's had not one but two 11 strikeout games and he's just killing it with his third um double digit k game so my other favorite part about um andrew abbott other than the fact that he plays for the reds he's a left-hander so left-handers are always good is that he's had 47 um outs this season and of those 47 36 of them are via strikeouts i got that off the the baseball america uh, prospect report and that just blows my mind so Andrew Abbott definitely somebody I would be targeting um, everywhere and I expect him up this year not in the first couple months but definitely is going to be coming up this year and somebody to be targeting uh, in your dynasty leagues and again he's at the top of the list Andrew Abbott two A's come on the other guy he's been around for a while definitely uh, finally I think he's finally hitting some top prospect list but Logan Allen now here was a problem with me and I'm going to admit something to all of you out there Cleveland Indians hate me. They had two Logan Allens for the longest time. And in multiple leagues, I drafted the wrong Logan wrong Allen. Logan Allen, yeah. Who's not with the Colorado Rockies, and he's terrible. I mean, he's not good. Uh, versus this Logan Allen, because I didn't check to make sure it was the right one. This Logan Allen is going to be up with the Cleveland Indians. Now, first off, he's with the Cleveland Indians, who know pitching, right? Tampa Bay, Cleveland, Miami, those kind of places, you know, just – Give you pitching all day long. The other things that you want to look about with that, he's had three games started this year. He has a 12.56 K per nine, which is fantastic. He's control pitcher he's with three or below um, with walks. <laughs> and he does not have a lot of hard hit rates. He's repeating AAA uh, where he had, I believe, uh, about 14 games started last year. He's ready at three. He's coming up. So Logan Allen, Cleveland Guardians, Logan Allen is definitely the other <laughs> pickup I would Mike. definitely have. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I said Indians, didn't I? Well, no, no, you know what? Good. 
I think Charlie like Sheen. Uh, I mean, you said it twice. I was going to let it fly one time, but when you said it twice, <laughs> I couldn't. So, so Dap, real, real quick, on, on guys like you're mentioning now, like, sure. so Dynasty Leagues, obviously, they're, they're already rostered. Sure. Redraft Leagues. When is the time to pounce on, you know, your standard redraft leagues, right? right? You've got 25, 26 roster spots total. Right. That's counting bench. Maybe a few IR spots, IL spots, whatever you want to call them. When is the correct time in your mind to pounce on a guy like that so that you don't have to go crazy on fab or blow your number one waiver wire (laughs) spot on them? You know, because when that, like, we have no clue when Logan Allen is actually coming up. Uh, of course we do. No, I have no idea. It's, it's um, tomorrow. Right? right. Oh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, no. I mean, I would love to say that you, of course, all you have to do is just, you know, pick them up before an injury happens, right? Because we all know when those are going to happen. But what I like to look at is anytime. That will be tomorrow. <laughs> right. I mean, here's the problem now is that, you know, Peyton Battenfield, who's going to be a huge fab pickup uh, this week, right? just has shown that he it could be a great fifth starter. But, you know, Aaron uh, Saval is now on the IL. I look for, especially those last pitchers, in the third, fourth, most likely the fifth, how they're doing over the last couple starts. If they start just, you know, especially on how long they're out there. I, you know, if they get shelled, but they make it, I don't know, five innings, you know, so I see managers sometimes like give, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give him a little bit more because he's still giving us six innings, whatever. But when they start taxing the bullpen, then that starter becomes a big-time liability, right? Because, again, the manager's not playing fantasy baseball. They don't care if their ERA goes up as long as, you know, we can still make it with the bullpen. But if they're taxing the bullpen as well, then they become a huge liability. So I start looking to see how long those starts are and start looking to say, okay, if, if we hit two starts with four innings pitched or less, then I start looking, okay, this guy, um, we, we want to maybe look at who the top-tier starting pitcher that next starting pitching prospect is for that team. That's when I started identifying those. Uh, when I saw Bumgarner get, you know, lit up those time, you know, last oh, shoot feels like forever. Um, that's when I started grabbing, you know, fat in all my leagues. So those are the, those are my quick identifiers, right? That fourth, fifth starter, they start getting shelled, especially short outings. Go grab that top tier prospect. No, oh, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, all right. Well, that is all we got for the show, everybody. Uh, I want to thank both you and uh, AJ Dapp uh, for uh, hanging in there for this hour and a half. Uh, no problem. AJ, hey, you were here for like 45 of it. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I just did that on purpose. It doesn't fuck with you. All right. Uh, <laughs> hey, kudos to me for getting in. For actually for coming hour. back. I know. So, yeah. Maybe yeah. I should take so, notes on all right. How I do things. So anyway, uh, thank you for thank you for hanging out. We will not have a baseball show next week. Uh, next next Thursday, <sighs> unfortunately, is the NFL draft. Not unfortunately, I have a good time with it. Sorry, Dap. Um, it's okay. If you want to do your own thing next week with uh, you know whoever, go for it, man. Uh, we we can figure something out. But uh, Thursday night will not be a baseball show. It will be the NFL draft show. We're going to have a slew of guests that come on, man. There are like, what the hell is going on here? (laughs) This is terrible. This is terrible, AJ. Stop it. Don't do it. Um, That's the Minority Report. That's the poster from the Minority Report. Yes. Yes. I I realized that. (laughs) Anyway, so there are a ton of guests coming on. It's going to be a good time. Shout out, AJ. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> Hope you guys tune in and um looking forward to it. So we will we will check you out then and uh hope hope you check us out then and uh have a good night everybody. Peace. Bye bye. <laughs>